Hello, welcome, Disciple Makers. Scott Sullivan here, Discipleship Catalyst with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. And uh, our discipleship team, just a reminder, we exist to strengthen churches by resourcing and inspiring and creating disciple makers. So we want to be able to do that through this broadcast. And we're fired up today to have Dr. Marcus Glass with us. And uh, Marcus is, the, is a professor at Beulah Heights University. He's a senior pastor at New Seasons Church in Radium Springs, and that's in Albany, Georgia. I think I said that correctly. And he's also a full-time inspector with the Albany Fire Department. We'll get into that a little bit more in just a little bit and talk about that church and some situations they've had and man, some, some of the things that they're doing to see a flourished um, element of growth and connecting to people in that community. Now, let me just mention to you, as we always do, um, PJ Dunn, PJ is going to be with us. He's producing, but also going to share in this Q&A. Uh, always excited to have PJ's wisdom on the broadcast. Um, but we, you know, PJ, this, this broadcast we do every week, and right now it's Thursdays at three, but this is really, we're able to do this because churches give to the cooperative program. That's the only way that we're able to get the money to produce this, to produce resources, and bring on high quality leaders like Marcus, uh, who can share some of these best practices. So if you are giving to CP, thank you for what you're doing there as well. Now, we also give away free swag every broadcast. So if you're watching, make sure that you drop your name in the comments because Atlanta will be going through there after the broadcast and she'll pick a lucky name out and we're gonna send a pile of resources to right. you um, because that is our heart. Our desire is to get these resources in your hands and also collect these best practices. All right, PJ, jump in here with us, buddy, and uh, share with us about a direction and kick off our Q&A. Yeah, I'm excited today to have my friend Marcus on. And uh, Dr. Glass, you're just a, a wealth of knowledge. And we were uh, talking about how we really could talk for a long time about a lot of, a lot of things. So it's going to be hard to keep it scoped in today. Uh, to talking about what we're talking about, but we're going to do our best, you know, three preachers in the room. That's know, right. Um, but, but man, we want to, we want to talk today um, about shifting the, the mindset of discipleship. And, um, and you just had a front row seat to this in several areas of your life. Uh, the first one we just wanted to touch on briefly is just your, your calling at your current church um, there in Radium Springs. So why don't you just tell us about that real quick? Uh, yeah, well, um, again, uh, to Scott and to uh, PJ, thank you all for uh, bringing us on and be able to share just the information that and experiences that that I've gone through here as a um, as a church planner, um, and also you know being called to a a church here in uh, Southwest Georgia, uh, which is Radium Springs Baptist Church. Um, uh, about two years ago, um, they were a declining church that was. Um, in the process, you know, we hate to use the word, but, uh, but, but dying. And uh, they recognized that went into prayer and um, the Lord led them to, um, to call us. And we were transitioning. We were going through um, some times, um, some rough times in our ministry as, as far as uh, church transition was going. And um, we came and, and, and prayed together. And um, I think what's unique about this situation is in uh, Southwest Georgia, um, a place where you had the um, um, civil rights movement and Dr. Martin Luther King and all this stuff started. And people looked at that as a failure as, hey, listen, it didn't really work out. But here we are years later where you have an uh, African-American pastor being called to a 
uh, predominantly uh, a white church, and um, we made it happen with God's help. And uh, so we're here today to be able to share our story uh, that that God is bridging people, uh, cultures, um, and um, and and you know through God's help, we're we're here. <laughs> we're here. Well, and that just doesn't happen one day. You don't just wake up one day and accidentally have a. Um, a, a shift that that that's that major in a culture. And so, you know, that's really what we're diving into. And so um, the first part about what we're talking about is just starting where you are to get where you want to go. You know, this church um, calls you because they know where they want to go and they started with where they were. And, and that is so hard to accept your current reality, but then to also know God's calling of where you want to go. And so um, Marcus, I kind of, want to know that first moment you realized um, when you had to shift the way you think to reach your community in a fresh way? And, and then kind of a follow-up question, how did your, your congregation follow in that? You know, what are some things that you saw, you know, as God began to move in you and then uh, through your congregation, especially maybe in this recent transition, but through a lot of transitions y'all have had? Oh yeah, we've had um, uh, several transitions. I think the first time uh, when we realized that the, I had to have a shift was coming out of, I came out of uh, National Baptist um, and made the move to become a church planner with uh, Southern Baptist, with uh, the uh, Mallory uh, Baptist Association. Started that process. One of the things for me was I came from, you know, uh, pastoring uh, years and years of pastoring, and we were able to pack the church with the problem getting people to come to church. And uh, for us, that was the mindset. When you think of church, uh, you think of coming to the through the church doors, sitting down in in the church, and singing and preaching. And through, um, go, I went to Liberty University. Um, then I um, went to United Theological Seminary, and um, and when I went through that, my mindset changed, and I realized, hey, this is not what church is all about. You know, it's not just about coming and congregating in a place and then just feeling good about ourselves going back home we're missing something what was it that we're missing we were missing the element of training people to disciple people it's not about bringing people to a decision it's about bringing he didn't say make uh, allow people to make decisions in the great commission but to make disciples we were called to make disciples and so for us we were just making decisions we would bring people down and they were making decisions, and, but they weren't becoming disciples. So what would happen is they would continue when, when their prayer needed, they called me. When they went to the hospital, they called me. And it's, so for me, it was a, I'm going to run, I'm going to burn out if I don't make a decision to change my mindset. And I'll talk about that a little bit later about uh, having a fix or growth mindset. And I say, you know what, if we're going to grow, it won't be because of my preaching. It won't be because the choir sung good. It'll be because the people in the community have come out of that community. They have gone and been discipled in the church, put back in the community to make a difference where they are in the mission field that God has called them to be in. So for us, uh, we had to, I said, no, you know what, I, I need to change that. Let's uh, go in. Let's get a discipleship model that causes people to uh, reach people. No, don't worry about It's not about the pastor. It's not about the choir. It's, it's going to be about you that have been brought out of this context, sent back in there, and then you will reach a greater number of people uh, than we could ever do just sitting here waiting on church. I like what Ed Stetzer says in his book, Comeback Churches, uh, him and Mike Dodson. Um, one of the things he says is, 
when we look at church, the traditional mindset of church is walking through a church building door and sitting down and getting the word. But now uh, through other innovative ways, like small groups, uh, taking that one member, putting them back in the, on, in the workplace and allowing them to begin to call that the mission field. That's the church. And it mm. took that mindset. Well, well hashtag, um, um, you don't know what you don't know. And um, that's, a, that's a call out for education, you know, not necessarily about a piece of paper, you know, Scott and I, we, we hear that sometimes, you know, I don't need to go to seminary to get a piece of paper. We would agree. You don't need to go to seminary to get a piece of paper, but you need to be around people that help you know what you don't know um, to change your mindset. Man, that was, that was really good. Don't you think, Scott? That's excellent. And, you know, we're tracking with what you're talking about, Marcus, because the, we just finished writing what we call the watershed principle. And what it is, is basically six major streams in the church or intentional ministries of the church that need to be vibrant for the church to be healthy. One of those areas that you just mentioned um, deals with uh, the word that we use is serve. So a question that I have for you is when you think about what you have done, what God has led you to there at the church, how have you been able to mobilize your congregation to serve even when you've got opposition, some opposition from within, some opposition from without, you're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, this is a huge question that all churches are dealing with is how do we do what we can do right now and not focus on what we can't? Mm, mm. Um, uh, great question. And uh, one of the things that we have done to tackle that here at the season church is one of the things we do, we keep mission uh, mission in mind. So one of the things our church, you, uh, in churches before, people didn't know the mission of their church. If you ask somebody, hey, what's the vision of your church? Any member in the congregation, uh, ignorance, if they don't know it, how can they be a part of the plan? Mm. And so now we require all of our members to know our mission and to know our uh, uh, values and to know our vision. New Seasons Church strives to become a spiritual hospital and training center. We're a lifestyle transformational church, equipping and building strong families and communities to exalt Jesus Christ. Values, V, we're uh, victorious through prayer. A, uh, activated to serve. L, living, uh, um, living to serve. U, united in diversity. E, excellent through improvement. Our mission of our church is to uh, serve God uh, through worship, uh, his community through service, um, and the world through the transformational message of Jesus Christ. Every member has to know that. They have to know what the, the mission, the values, and then what that does, it, it, it keeps morale up. And then one of the things it does, it settles disputes. One of the questions that you had is how do, when you have internal and, and, and external opposition, how do you keep pushing forward? You have to, we have what we call a Nehemiah concept. And the Nehemiah concept that we use is every 28 days, we go back and go over mission, we go over values, and we go over vision. At the beginning of the year, I give my, this is a football speech. I was a football coach. And we don't, we don't assume that people remember. In the days of Nehemiah, they started the work and then, then they, um, their, their hands got weak in it. They, they, and so Nehemiah had to strengthen their hands. How did he do it? He reminded them of the vision. And so uh, if you don't have values, if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a mission statement to, that, that says, okay, why are we doing what we're doing? We have people, well, we need to do this, or we need to do that, or I come from this place, I need to do this, or, I need to do that, or I come from... So one of the things that sells our dispute is, what does the value say? What does our mission say? What does our, our vision statement say? And those are, are, are the things that we put in place to settle all our disputes. 
Yeah. Well, and that's so strong. And um, you're clearly a preacher because you have the perfect alliteration and remembered it uh, point by point. So kudos to that. Um, uh, anybody in the chat want to give an amen for that? That, that would be good. You, you did it well. Um, and so, um, man, I, I, you know, kind of like as a, a follow up to that. So, yeah, how do you know where you want to go? You know, to change your mindset, you know, you have to know what you don't know. But then how do you know where you're going? Like, how did you do that discovery process? I, um, so for us, uh, when it comes to discipleship, we have our classes. I was fortunate enough to be able to go when I started being a church planner to go to uh, Rick Warren's. Um, uh, no, everyone knows him. I went, got a chance to go to his uh, ranch and me and my wife, we stayed a week up there, personal invitation by him. And uh, they worked with us one on one. So one of the things we did was. We knew our vision, where we wanted to go. And then we went and we talked to people that had already been there. <laughs> One of the keys is talk to people that have been down the road. Use that wisdom. They'll tell you the mistakes they made. They'll tell you uh, what went right and what went wrong. And, and so now for us, one of the things that I took away from that moment was uh, when you're discipling people, one of the things that, that takes you a new direction is the people you're discipling. Uh, this is key. Because if I, if I just say if I had an example, if I have a member that I'm going to bring in, a new convert, the uh, conversion growth that's coming off of the off of the street, we bring them in, we bring them in our program. We don't just give them right hand of fellowship and give them all the rights and privileges. No, you have to learn our vision. You have to learn um, uh, scripture. So we take them through this this three month program where we train them, disciple them. Now we disciple them. Um, from the inside out. So they, they come in, they, they learn about um, the, the um, our, our ministry things, such as fellowship, such as ministry, such as worship. They learn it. And then at the, the third part of that uh, program, they learn what we call shape. Um, they learn what their shape is, who they are. And in that shape, what's so great about it is our church is not just 2402 Roxana Road now, it becomes 1507 River Point Drive, where they where we send them back to their mission field. So now our church just stretched all the way across town. Mm. But they have to know that, that now. So how do we know what we institute next? The person that comes in changes our church every time we get a new member. So what? how's God shape you? We had a member came in and uh, he was an exercise guy and uh, we didn't have an exercise program. And so when he came in, he changed the shape of our church because he knew exercise. We said, okay, now you got a small group and that's going to be your ministry for reaching your mission field by what God has shaped you to be. And so now where do, what route is it time to turn? I don't, the new member tells us that because now we have a new ministry, small group by the member that comes in with the skills and the shape that God has given their spiritual, their heart, their abilities and their personal experiences shape. And it tells them where it tells us what what's the next turn and where we need to go as a ministry. Well, I want to know if Rick Warren gave you one of those cool shirts. Like, I didn't know if that was part of the experience, you know, <laughs> if you got the cool Hawaiian shirt. Um, but I have never heard somebody quite articulate it that way that, that you know, we get so um, focused on this is who we are. And it's so rigid that we have to be this way at this time doing these things in these ministries that we forget that God brings us people that change us constantly, man, that is, that is good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, one of the things that I learned, let me just interject this, um, is that, um, we have to be, we, we can't train our peoples to be, uh, keepers of the aquarium. We have to train them to be fishers of men. 
And if we don't, if we, and a lot of times what that means is we turn them, we bring them internally. So, okay, we have a, a ladies ministry. You need to go be on that ladies ministry. Oh, we have a choir. You can say you need to be on the choir, but that's turning them inside. With our ministry in shape, we don't train them to be keepers of the aquarium. We train them to be fishers of men. You need to know that after you finish this, you have a mission field that we're going to come and help you in. And, and I'll tell you later about all of the different ministries that we started that, that was outside of the box that we were able to do because the person had a gift and we didn't turn them inwardly. We turned them outwardly. Man, I love it, Marcus. We're, and we're in our ministry, we're speaking the same language because really what you're talking about is having an intentional plan that when a person or a family comes into your church, you can sit down with them and say, here's what we're about. Here's what we believe. But yeah. you are also talking about an intentional pathway that you're going to move a person from where they are to where God would want them to be. So we, the way the language we use is becoming spiritually mature or on the process of spiritual maturity. Not that we ever get there, but we're tracking forward. So you've got specific methodology, things that you're doing to help people to do that. Now, the church that I came from in Halton, Louisiana, this little place in Northwest Louisiana, uh, man, we did the same thing, and we one of the the pieces that we implemented was called a it was called a connection class. So anybody who came into our church, you would, some people call it discovery class or a new member class, but we would tell them who we are, and then we'd help them understand what a biblical disciple looks like. We gave them the gospel to say, here, be very clear that there has to have had this conversion experience in your life, and then we'd help them find their spiritual gift. And this really the sweet spot between the spiritual gift and their passions, you know, maybe working out or some of those things you talked about. And they would say, if you're going to come to serve in our church and be a member, you need to serve. That's an expectation that we have. And we would even use the language, Marcus, and tell them, man, we understand if you're just looking to come and sit sour and soak. So, I mean, we're not that we're probably not your church, you know, and we're not mad at you, but this is probably not the, the place for you. But we, you know, out of I guess doing that over the last eight years, I can only think of one person who chose not to join our church after we said that. Every single, and we're talking about about a hundred people per year coming through this process for eight years and only one person chose not to do it. So what I'm finding is, I mean, people appreciate us raising the bar. Now, here's the question I have for you because this, we talked about this mindset change. So what does, what does a change of mindset look like? Uh, for a follower of Christ. So we've talked about some of the methodology, but what does that look like? And how can we know and others know that it's real in our life for those members who are coming to our church? Oh, yeah. Uh, so for a change of mindset, um, uh, we, you know, we have those at least two, uh, the fix and growth mindset. Uh, change, uh, for us, one of the things that we talk, that we teach here is that our first problem, which is sin, sin is wanting to be the boss. Um, I want to, it's about my own goal. It's about doing my own thing. The change of mindset is when people, uh, began to get on God's agenda. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans, uh, uh, writes a book called kingdom agenda. And in that book, he talks about getting on God's agenda. Uh, when we see people that come in that really want to change people that come in that are interested in, in growing, um, those are people that are that are ready to uh, to be mobilized for God. When we when I, I work as a bivocational pastor, I can't go and get a job or go and join an organization and go, well, I'm never coming to work. 
I'm never going to do anything that you all are doing. I'm going to keep doing my same thing. And that's sin, wanting to be your own boss. And so when we see people step out of that mindset of wanting to be their own boss, hey, can you be here for this? Hey, this uh, class is going to be at such and such. And, and once you start, you need to commit to ma making all the classes. And when they're starting to do that, we, be we begin to see that their mindset is changing. Um, 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 Kenny Luck writes a book um, to call The Sleeping Giant. Oh, it's incredible. Definitely need to pick that one up. Uh, and one of the things that he talks about is 318. So we have, we have one of the things that we do, we give incentives uh, for to be a part of a 318 ministry. And it has nothing to do with your abilities. It has to do with your availability. So it's about being available. Are you now becoming available for God? The different in mindsets is uh, someone that just wants to come in, sit and soak, uh, like you said, Scott, is those that want to continue to do their own thing. They don't want to change their agenda. But someone that comes in that wants to be a part of a 318 ministry, hey, listen, um, we're all going to be with uh, Saturday. What we're going to do is one of the ministries we did Saturday, what we're going to do is we're going to go out and stand in front of Dollar General. And what we're going to do is we're going to uh, we're going to do um, uh, food for prayer. And so we need you to set out for food for prayer. Come up. And help, can you help uh, get some of the hot dogs, some of the things? It'll be on our own expenses. And if they say they're ready, hey, listen, they come out. And when they do, we give them little coins uh, that says we call it all in. Jesus Christ says, if any man uh, would uh, follow me, take up his cross, deny himself. That is a different mindset. He didn't say keep doing the same thing. Every disciple he brought out had to do what had to get on his agenda. So truly different mindsets when we know is their availability, not their ability, because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I'm a great. I can do this. Oh, yeah, I can do this. But can are you available? Um, I'll say this and it may seem a little mean, but uh, and I wouldn't say it's mean, but it, it's it's definitely true. Everybody you count, you can't always count on. Hmm. You may be able to count them, but can you count on them? And we need a ministry, a world-changing, a life-changing ministry that deals with people that we can count on. One part of our vision is we are a lifestyle transformational church. We're a spiritual hospital. And a spiritual hospital has to be ready to take emergency cases at all times. Are you available? Not, uh, not, don't, not just having the ability, but having the availability. Well, if, if, if people watching this broadcast aren't convinced that this is discipleship and how it's interconnected in every part of your church, I don't know what else will sell them. You know, this is this is such a great conversation how discipleship is is a really core part of your church and how it can revolutionize your, the mindset of, of how you care for people, love for people, grow and, and how you let them invest in you as well. Right. This is an all this is not a one way street. And so. Um, you know, you've talked about books, you got a lot of them behind you there and, uh, and, and podcast, you know, is there another one you've already mentioned a couple, we'll put those in the, the chat, make sure that everybody's got a link to those books, but, um, you know, you have to be a reader. There's no way around, um, doing that. Now podcasting works. You can do podcasting, you can do blogs. Um, but to make an investment in your mind, you have to consume more information. So, so how do you do that? Or are there some ones that you recommend? Um, yes, uh, definitely for those that are, um, um, one, it takes leadership. You're going to have to lead. Uh, so anything that deals uh, with the, the guru of, of leadership, um, um, one of the things that, it, that I subscribe to is Samuel Chan. He has a book, a book called Leadership. It's called Pain. Um, and so uh, definitely pick that up. One of the older uh, books that I use that helps is uh, Tom uh, Rayner. 
Um, he has a book called uh, Bridger Generations. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome because he talks about ministry not as just something to do, but now it has purpose because we bridge the gap. And he talks about a certain uh, group of people. I think those from 1974 to 1994 are those bridger that that you didn't come out of a fixed mindset generation. You're just into something new. And then now you're also connecting the newer generations that's coming in. Um, there's another book, let me see, by uh, David A. Anderson and um, uh, Margarita uh, uh, Cableton, um, and it's called Multicultural Ministry Handbook. Uh, it's awesome. Um, and one of my personal favorites is uh, Howard A. G. Hendricks. Uh, this helped me a lot because it helped me to get people to be spiritually mature, and that was uh, teaching to change lives. One of the things says in that book is this he says that we minister out of the overflow of a full life <laughs> if i'm saying the same old stuff it's because i'm not putting nothing in every time i get something new i want to share it if i watch a new movie i want to share it if i hear a new song i want to share it uh, a new book i want to share it and so we minister when i am ministering to someone I'm going to be ministering out of the uh, out of a full life. So uh, those are some of the books that I that I do my podcast. I, I definitely listen to Rick Warren a lot um, and, and his stuff. That's been a blessing to me. I'm glad that I have a connection with him that I can at least pick up the phone and 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 say hello. When we were going through all the things that we went through in our transition period, he was pivotal. He called and and encouraged, and then and some of our local uh, friends and prayer partners, uh, Michael Cad, uh, Hans. Um, and um, um, uh, Bruce and, and just a, a, a lot of uh, guys that just came and put their arms around. And these are authors as well um, that I would ask you to uh, look at well, that book. Michael Katz, the book called Upgrade. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Check that one out. And it's a good combination of real interactions with people and relationships and knowledge and then yeah. being able to share and impart that back and forth, Scott. You know, and it, it's not just a, a one-way street. You know, anybody that says that, you know, you have nothing to offer, I only have something to offer you as in a person that's getting this concept of being right. able to, to think differently and, and do that. So talk about, you know, the mission board, talk about what it is that we do on the discipleship team and, and our model to help the, the local church. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Go, so, go ahead. So on our team, we've got several resources that we are targeting that we're focusing. We try to do laser targeting on everything that we do so that everything we do makes a huge gospel impact. Well, one of those is actually this broadcast. We put a lot of eggs in this basket. We put a lot of time and energy and focus to make sure that we have high quality leaders like Dr. Glass come on and share wisdom. But we also have what we call learning communities. And these are set up by region. We're trying to have at least six of these learning communities in all of the six regions and they're hosted by somebody who's core part of who we are as disciple makers. But really what it is, is to just professionally um, to collaborate, best practices we get together, but there's also, uh, there's memorable fellowship where they're getting together, they're um, having a good time because we want to, you know, my, my saying with ministry is if you ain't having fun, it's your fault, not God's. <laughs> That's right. But That's praise right. the Lord, it should be fun to serve the Lord. Not always easy and not without frustration. But man, there's a lot of joy in serving, but there's also honest conversation. So when I walk in that room, you know, and I see what God's doing in Marcus's church, I may say, man, I, I got to tell you, that ain't happening in my church. And that makes me upset. 
Like, what's the difference between what's happening in my church and your church? Wow. We can have these honest conversations about what's happening. We chew on that and it makes us better personally, but also professionally. And Marcus, one thing that, that man, as you, you and I continue to grow as friends, you're going to learn about me is it's really important to me that we as professional collaborators, disciple makers, as husbands, as dads, as human beings, that we have accountability and that we finish strong. Yes. And I, I don't I want my wife to love me when I'm when I'm on the back end of this whole thing. I want my my three boys and my daughter to just look at me and still think I'm a hero because I didn't do anything stupid to, to lose their trust or or integrity along the way. And these learning communities will help us to do that. So um, those are some things, PJ, that that are really important that for our discipleship team, and we're setting those up through the learning community. Matter of fact, in our chats, we'll send you a link to that. So no matter where you are in the state of Georgia, we can connect you with one of these learning communities. And it may be that you're in a, an area where it's kind of light, I mean, we'd love for you to start one or to help uh, boost one that's happening. And uh, Marcus, let me let me give you one more question here before we close out. We got bivocational leaders that watch this broadcast. There's about 1600 people now that are, that are glued into this weekly on this broadcast, man, for a bivocational pastor, for you as man, you're working, you know, at the fire department, you're pastoring a church, you're teaching at a, a, a school. What would you say for somebody who's looking to invest more in their church while balancing career and a full-time job? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, one word that I want to bring out is, is that, um, for somebody that is bivocational, that's that's going through, know that you're in a good place um, because it does take you into the mission field. Um, you have to have some good time management skills. You have to be able to manage your time. Uh, I have I wear so many hats, but I keep a schedule. I you know it's easy talking to your phone. If you have a whatever type phone you have, click that button and say schedule this meeting at such such. It'll schedule it on your calendar. Somebody said I don't know how to do it. Just talk. Click the button, talk into your phone, and it will schedule your calendar right there. The other thing is be emotionally intelligent. I can't say enough about this. What does that mean to be emotionally intelligent? I need to be sensitive uh, to everything that is around me. Get your rest. There, there, um, I call it the three H's. Um, we do it at New Seasons Church. Uh, take time with your head. Take time with your health. And take time with your heart. Uh, take, spend time with God. Um, it says in Isaiah, the 26th chapter, verses uh, three and four, that God will give him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. Um, you can't do it on your own. You can't do it by yourself. You have to constantly uh, be, as Matthew says, be poor in spirit. Go back to God every day. God, God I'm here. I used all the strength up that I had yesterday. I need some more today. Uh, know that with God, you can do it. And uh, don't don't be so... Um, coveting of what somebody else has stay in the lane in which God has given you and uh, work it and work it and work it we started with five people uh, we grew um, being bivocational and um, then maybe God take you to a day where you can do it by yourself don't be uh, have animosity about where you are right now no I think whenever we are, have animosity about what we're in and what we're doing we have forgotten keywords and that is that God has ordered our steps he has ordered our steps Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. And so when I take my mind off of the fact that God has ordered this, uh, he may have ordered you to be bivocational. He may have 
encourage you to also not just be bivocational and use that as a crutch while you can't grow. Listen, we're able to grow as a bivocational church. Don't do it yourself. Put people around you. Um, if I was to ask you a question right now, if I gave you a budget of, of, of if I gave you $10,000, what was the first thing would you use that money on? Some people will tell you, oh, I, I'll put it on um, um, a, a change in the church around. I'll put it on such and such. I would say, put that money on, on, a, on a staff. What does that mean? Somebody that's the person that's going to be as close to you. Are they, are they there in your circle, but not carrying your corner? The everybody's in my circle may not be carrying my corner. Invest in people that are willing to invest in you. It doesn't have to be a piano. It doesn't have to be a worship leader. Whoever it is, no matter where they are, they need to be the person that is going to have God's vision, your vision in mind, that wants to see your ministry succeed. So to every bivocational pastor, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God will just uh, do something great in your life to make you um, um, value where you are and what you're doing. And um, sky's the limit because God's in control. So uh, from, from me to you, uh, we're in this thing together. I'm always available to, to come, to share whatever I need to do to walk alongside you. And I'm glad to be able to share this message with you today. Well, Dr. Glass, you're awesome. And I consider you a friend. Um, and I'm glad that we've become friends since being down here. Um, I still don't know how to crack pecans. Uh, so maybe you can help me with that. Still trying to figure that out in our household. Um, but uh, it's, there's all these methodologies to it, but, but man, we're happy to be down here in Southwest together with you. And man, what a great word to bivocational pastors of all sizes, all, all places, just being where God has you. And so pastors are our heroes, right, Scott? And, and, and we believe it. This one's just a double hero. So that just seems like he's double dipping a little bit. <laughs> it is. And I tell you, thank you guys, both of you for being on here, Marcus, I'm just going to share with man, this is just like, I'm leaving this broadcast this interview with you and I feel stronger. I feel encouraged. I feel blessed. So man, thank you for sharing your passion, uh, the wisdom God's given you. And man, all of the energy that you're expending, you need to know that God's using you. Like right. my life and in PJ and with the, the hundreds of people that are watching this broadcast. So Marcus, thank you. Thank you for being on with us. And PJ, uh, thank you for guiding our discussion. Thank you for producing this today. And friends, we'll just leave you with this thought as we always do. Make sure that you reinvest the gospel seed that was shared with you. Mm.